Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Faces for Radio podcast, episode three. And uh, we're joined by a very special guest today. It is Mr. Christopher Donovan. Hello, hello. Absolute pleasure. How are we doing? Obviously, apart from the end of the world, uh, things seem to be going okay. A lot of people have messaged me this week asking me, oh, can we, can, can we go on iTunes? And Was that Max? Was that Max in your front room? Hey, Harrison, yeah, he was... can you get it on iTunes? Yeah, and he's just like, oh, can you put it on iTunes because it's easier for me? Like, no, no, I'm not putting it on iTunes. iTunes is shit. I don't, I'll have nothing to do with it. What platforms are we currently on? All, all the good ones. All the good ones. Not, Which um, are? Oh, wow. BBC, BBC Radio Sound. Big contract coming in. Two podcasts in. BBC Radio Sound's like, hey, Tom. <laughs> You want to get involved? Cartoons are going to come back big soon, I reckon. Or well, stop animators can just stay in their room. Yeah, stop motion animation with blue tack. That's going to be that's going to be <laughs> the Oscars next year. It's a whole load of people fucking about with blue tack in their bedroom, <laughs> or just Quentin Tarantino screaming the N word down to Salma Halleck's feet on a FaceTime call. That might also get up there. <laughs> yeah, the really uncomfortable foot scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I watched recently. Wasn't a fan. It was completely unnecessary. She had her feet up on the dashboard of a car for no reason, and the camera was right in on him. Right in worse? on him. I'm surprised he hasn't done like a World War One film because you like you can do trench foot in that, and oh, he could see. make it quite classy. We'll give a character gangrene. I don't know. We're just mm. spitballing ideas, Quinton. <laughs> just an idea, Quinton. Chill out, man. We can just post a note and come back to it later. Like, Quinton, you don't have to do this kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> do we just spit along ideas, okay? Quinton, all I'm saying is, right, a lot of foot problems in World War One, okay? <laughs> it's, a ma- it's a market you haven't touched. Now <laughs> might be a good time to bring up that I absolutely hate feet and all discussion <laughs> of them. Oh, I used to really muck with Chris when we lived together. Really muck with the lad. He used to pick up things with my feet in front of him. I used oh. to, like, extra hands. <laughs> Like a chimp. I'd pick up plates off the floor and stuff with my feet. That's, that's really upsetting. Well, were they your own plates? Or, I mean, it doesn't really matter if they were your own plates or not, but... Uh, sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. So, Christopher, how have things been for you yes. in lockdown Britain? Um, well, as a pretty lazy guy, hasn't been a huge departure for me. Uh, since the turn of the new year, for like different reasons, I've pretty much only been in my house or my cousin's house, and now I have to go out and do shopping. So the lockdown has brought me out of the house more than if I'd have just lived my normal life. I don't think anyone's doing anything interesting though. Like if you talk to anybody and just been like, "Oh, what did you do?" The most exciting people have like things people have done is like baked. It's just like, yeah. Ooh. We had a VE Day mm. party. Oh, so let's discuss this VE Day party. So we had to VE Day. It was safe. Day. It was very safe. Everyone was on different corners of my front lawn. Well, we had two days ago was VE Day. Yeah. And uh, Tom and his family had a little party, didn't you? A little, uh, j- just, you know, a, a solitary party, but still yeah. a little, a little, uh, yeah, a little celebration. And your mother, Lou, uh, bless yeah. her soul, she posted a new profile picture on the VE Day. And what was it you were wearing on VE Day? I had a lovely Bayern Munich cup on. And you saw no problem with this? No, it's red, white and blue. She said, wear something red, white and blue. It's patriotic day. And I was like, well, the only shirt I own of all those colours is the old Bayern Munich top. So I popped that you on. Own, you own a large boys England shirt. 
which you wear regularly. <laughs> so why don't you just wear your That's large boys? That's not a large boys England shirt. That's a it, small men's England shirt. It's a 12 to 13, isn't it? <laughs> Fits me like a glove. Um, yeah, so she, she didn't actually care. I thought she'd put up more of a fight. But now I can wear my Bayern Munich top to the day now. If anything, you're just trying to improve uh, society's relationship. You're, you're healing the wounds. Exactly. We didn't fight the Germans. We fought the Nazis. That's yeah. what I tell everyone. And so, yeah. Tom Robertson, bridge builder. Exactly. International relations man. Send Go you to Korea. Send me to bloody Palestine, mate. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. I'll get them sat down and talking in no time. <laughs> Well, how would you solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict? What would you? What is it you would do? The first thing. Pop the kettle on. Get that kettle on. <laughs> brews, brews out for the lads. Everyone has a cup of tea. Because can't do like any alcohol because they're all. Both sides are a bit extreme, apparently, in in their religious ways. I don't know. I'm not really had to look into it. But yeah, get them drinking tea. Get them sat down. Pop a movie on. Don't know what movie yet. What movie? Shrek two. Shrek lighthearted. Two. Yeah, Shrek two. Get them laughing together. If they're laughing together, then we got putty in your hands, putty in your hands, and then yeah, then we discuss Gaza. <laughs> <laughs> and a demilitarization. But what if there's conflict over which film they want to watch? Give them no choice. A firm hand on Shrek two. Right, you've had your movie, you've had your tea, now it's time to talk about the serious stuff, okay? We're talking Gaza, guys. Bombs, bullets, what's up? It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Exactly, now listen, now listen, I'm a man who's, who's, you know, got credentials in this area. Credentials. I've stopped many a fight in nightclubs. People have seen it. People have seen it. Just Two episodes ago, you were talking about how... Tim Westwood, one of the most harmless individuals on the planet. One of those has been shot. You you cannot call Tim Westwood a harmless individual. There are nineteen <laughs> different YouTube videos named Tim Des- Westwood daggers a yacht. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you were to have a daughter of university attending age, you would not think of Tim Westwood as a harmless yeah. person. <laughs> Westwood. He's a demon from another dimension, which has taken form in a decrepit old man who everyone kind of laughs at, but is also really scared of. <laughs> he's old as well. Like You always forget just how old he actually is. Like He's not a young you dude. Did you see that article he did? Like, I can't remember when it was, but it, was, it would have been within the last 10 or 15 years. And a journalist asked him how old he was. And he said 27. And he was clearly over 40 at the time. And they pressed him on it. They were like, okay, Tim, like, what is your actual age? He was like, I'm 27. And he just said it so much that eventually they just gave up. Um, so by all accounts, Tim Westwood is now maybe 30 years old. Yeah, it was 62. He's like Tommy Wiseau. Oh, he's only... We almost have the same birthday. We could have bonded over that. Well, if you talk to him, he'll tell you you're the same age. He's so, huge. Yeah. <laughs> he's massive. Internationally or weight? Oh, both. He's, um, he's six foot four, Tim Westwood. Quite lucky he didn't yeah, try he's... and fight me. He, he would have had that reach like over you. Gen- yeah, he stretches out like General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> and... 
this is uh, in the club. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> How uncivilized. <laughs> yeah, he's massive, haven't you? Tim Westwood, what are you oh wait, no. No, it wasn't him, it was Dappy who um when we were at Bournemouth Uni, the police had to come to one of the accommodations because Dappy was misbehaving after a celebrity appearance. Yeah, he does oh, it all the time. Dear. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell Daffy. you who I'd read it. Keeps that you, know, you know Captain Tom Moore? Oh, Colonel Tom Moore now. Yeah, I know. I He's been offered a million thing. pounds to do nightclub appearances. He's going like, to die um, doing those club appearances. Oh, yeah, gonna be a, a very boisterous rugby player is going like, to put an arm around his shoulder and just like take him out fully. He wouldn't even need that if the bass response was too high on one of the speakers. You kind of get the feeling that you know, an elderly gentleman could be just blown away by them. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's, you're basically offering a million pounds to risk the life of a national hero <laughs> so that you can get some slightly more, you know, sweaty 18-year-olds to attend your phone party or whatever it is. It's a, it's a haunting practice. Oh, but he loves the foam. He loves the foam. That's the thing, because nightclubs are going to be closed for so long, they can really, like, put up a headline act. So, like, you can come down to whatever nightclub we operate, because tonight we're going to have Tim Westwood, uh, Tom Moore, the ghost of Jeffrey Epstein, the Haitian warlord. Like, we can just hire all the people that we've always wanted to, to bring to nightclubs, and we'll just have the biggest thing ever. And, and people H from will still Stets. respect it more than they... And, yeah, and H from Stets. He'll be around, you know, he... <laughs> He was cleaning he, the glasses beforehand up. and he just stuck around. The person who I'm surprised who hasn't been booked to do nightclub appearances, especially in like the Bournemouth area, is Harry Redknapp. Like some of the stuff that he has lowered himself to in terms of like adverts or like McDonald's and then he does that. But he hasn't done any nightclubs. He could be huge on the nightclub scene. But there's a massive difference though. He's probably got like a ton of money from adverts and from I'm a Celebrity. But then just to sort of rock up at Cameo to hug sweaty teenagers... Yeah, but he probably wouldn't offering... get nearly enough money. I think, Harrison, you're right. I'm surprised that for someone who is willing to throw their dog into the firing line so that accusations aren't hurled at them, that he hasn't sunk to the moral depravity of attending Bournemouth nightclubs. He did a show on ITV3 or 4. I think it was ITV4, and it was called My Sandbank Summer. It was just, <laughs> it was just following him and his wife on his yacht. And that's all it, it literally, that's all it do was. Anything. So let's have a game of Read Between the Blanks Lockdown Special. This is the game where I take famous loglines from IMDb and take out key words. You have to literally read between the blanks and uh, try and find what the answer is. So uh, this is all box sets. So just think big box sets, loads of money, you know, big bingeable box sets, that kind of thing. Uh, so let us begin. Number one. Nine noble blanks fight for control over Game the of lands Thrones. of blank. It is Game oh. of Thrones. One. It is one nil nil to Thomas Robertson. I really goes... don't rate that show. <laughs> All right, good for you. Next question, Sam. <laughs> Go straight into number two. A high school blank is diagnosed with inoperable blank, turns to manufacturing and selling blank in order to secure his family's Breaking bad. blank. Oh. It is Breaking Bad. That is 2 nil nil to Thomas Robertson. Yes. Number three. Student in my mind when you said high school. So number three. 
New Jersey blank boss, blank. Sopranos. It is the Sopranos. That's ridiculous, Thomas. So uh, the only thing Dons or Harrison can do now is draw with Thomas, as there are three rounds remaining. So, number four. A blank works with his equally conniving wife to exact revenge. House of Cards. It is House of Cards. Well done, Harrison Taylor. It's 3-1-0. Gotta give him a sample of this. Number five. Blank wakes up from a blank. Life on Mars. World. It is not life on Mars. Thomas, I'm going to have to freeze you out of the game. Ashes to ashes. You're frozen out. I'm going to have to freeze you out of the game, and I will give the rest of the answer to the other two contestants. I will start from the the beginning. Blank wakes up from a blank to learn the world is in ruins and must lead a group of blanks to stay alive. Sam, can I say it? You are frozen out of this round. Wait, I don't know. I don't know. The Walking is Dead. It... it is The Walking no, Dead. He's yes. just done building it. He's just done building it. So, Harrison, if you get this lot, unfortunately, I'm afraid, Don's, there is nothing you can do other than getting one point. But, Harrison, if you get this next point, you will, in fact, draw with Thomas. And there are no more rounds, so it will end a draw. Okay. Final round, round number six. A drama about one of Blank's most prestigious Blank agencies at the Mad beginning Men. of the... It is Mad Men! <laughs> so it has ended in a draw. Thomas... Oh, uh, oh, I don't think I've actually lost a single... Oh, I don't think I've actually lost cocky, a I got, uh, I got cocky. Uh, I've won every single game in this. Uh, has actually drawn that round of Rig Between the Blanks. Well I, done. I knew the walking... You also said two other answers, which weren't <laughs> the correct answer, so I'm afraid. <laughs> you know the rules of the game. No, I'm not king on the Kingsman franchise. I'm no, I don't. Someone's I don't going like mad it. for him. I like that. the Kingsman. It was a good movie. Oh, the Kingsman's very you. Oh, it's a good Hollywood blockbuster. Leave it alone. It's a good romp. It's a good romp, okay? It's you just a bit of fun. You can't watch that movie without being like, I'm enjoying this. because it's. I it's don't enjoyable. enjoy it. It's enjoyable, you know? It's, it's a romp. It's a romp. I, I like the first two thirds of the first one, and then I just didn't like the ending. But it's a romp. I and the second it. one in general is just shit. I didn't watch the second one, because I thought it ruined the romp of the first one for Unlike Red 2, which, if anything, increases oh, the rompage Red 2, from you know, Red. <laughs> Red 1's a 7, Red 2's a 10. You add Catherine Zeta-Jones into that cast, and my word. Catherine Zeta-Jones doing a very sketchy Russian accent just adds so much to that film. It's the best acting Catherine Zeta-Jones has done since you married Michael Douglas. I think Michael Douglas got throat cancer. Did from he? giving her like oral sex or something. Michael Douglas gave oral sex to uh, Catherine Jones as a cast, as a cancer treatment. <laughs> yeah, it was something along those lines. Is that just something she said? I can't find it. I'm looking <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, be careful how you phrase that search. Michael Douglas <laughs> mingeating. The actor Michael Douglas discussed his recent throat cancer treatment in an interview with The Guardian this week and revealed that he blamed oral sex for his condition. <laughs> Is that just generally or just specifically with her? I don't know. When asked by the newspaper if his throat cancer was caused by his many years of heavy drinking and smoking, he was quoted as saying, no, because without wanting to get too specific, this particular cancer is caused by HPV, which actually comes from uh, Congolus? Congolus. Cungalus. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that sounds like a character from Star Wars. Cungalus. Alien with a massive tongue. General Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> His Wikipedia page completely avoids that for some reason. It's a shame. It's one of the most interesting things I've heard about him. 
Wikipedia pages do that though. Some guy was um was going about on school computers on random celebrities and just saying that they were paedophiles on their Wikipedia <laughs> pages. <laughs> and like Wikipedia had like found out and gone back to him. And then the school found out we had a whole assembly about what we were doing on the internet because someone kept saying that celebrities were paedophiles on Wikipedia. Wasn't my weirdest school assembly I had. Oh, go on then. We had a whole that, that's assembly. That's a hook and a half if I've ever heard. A whole one. assembly just for the boys in the year about why kicking each other in the testicles was not appropriate. And like <laughs> they used the metaphor of playing leapfrog with a unicorn. Like we um we had to like rewind. You can't play leapfrog with a unicorn because it's hornal gouge your willy. Right. So they just said, look, imagine if you were a unicorn and you were playing leapfrog, (laughs) you'd gouge each other's cocks. It's sure this wasn't an assembly on the dangers of LSD. No. (laughs) It was all about testicular torsion because some kid got testicular torsion during the 2010 World Cup final. Because afterwards, some guy went up to him after the Nigel de Jong challenge and Chabi Alonso, where he like kicked him straight in the chest. Some guy ran up to another kid and screamed, I'm de Jong, and like kicked him directly in the balls, and one of his testicles came off. <laughs> in one bollock. Oh. I know someone at my school, they dislocated their hip in a PE lesson, and someone went to pop it back in, and they caught Ooh. his testicle as they were popping it back in. Apparently it popped a testicle. Yeah, we oh, had some God. interesting stories. We had one guy who just like turned to his friends one day and was like, can you imagine what it'd be like to only have one ball? And then someone turned around and went, yeah, but you do. And then for the next seven years, um, that nickname just followed him around everywhere he went. Um, just one ball for, for, I mean, even now, like if you were to see him, that would be what you'd associate with him, the poor guy. We had a kid at our school. It was fairly obese. We had an art teacher in year 10 called Mr. Clap. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, most of art lessons would just be like, Mr. And then you clap. And then you'd be like, <laughs> why are you doing that? And then we had, um Art teachers would be the worst, I think, because kids go into art lessons to fuck about, let's be honest. like yeah. Instead of like, the, the three kids who really love art, the other kids are just there as, like, a, as a muck about. And yeah, art teachers probably have it the worst. We had at our so at our school we had like a big like plastic bin and it was filled with like old like shirts that you just sort of put over the top of your school you know like work shirts and whatever just yeah. like oversized shirts and one of them was there the entire time I was at school and nobody got rid of it it was an army shirt and over the chest had a swastika <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was there the entire time I was at school the te- every single lesson, at least in my class, every lesson, a kid would pick that shirt because obviously you would. And that was there for four years and it was never taken out. See, I think geography teachers get it quite rough because they're just always referred to as paedophiles. Wait, I, had an, I had an ICT lesson. Well, no, can we trouble. go back to that? Why are geography teachers always referred to as paedophiles? I don't think this is as universal as you think, Harrison. Really? Because every school I went to Every single geography teacher. Geography teacher touched me up. (laughs) It was always a male bloke (laughs) in his mid fifties. He's balding, and everyone just should say he was a paedophile. And it was, it was probably completely bollocks. Is that just like you know, like they just jump on the the people that look a bit, you know, a bit older and a bit maybe a bit, you know, thinner. Yeah, but but like I said, it was just always the geography teacher. They never picked on like a history teacher or a PE teacher. I walked into the PE department once to register for something and it was like coming up to our sports day 
and as I walked in, I just hear freeze and a pistol is shoved in my face and it's the starter <laughs> pistol for <laughs> athletics racing. And it's like, put your hands up. And he puts on this really serious American accent. And this bit goes on for a little while until I actually have to go to attend a class and he just keeps going. It just never ended. They had all well, manner of fun. All the teachers at my school, they kicked off because the PE teachers never had to wear suits and ties and stuff. So then the PE teacher had to start taking PE lessons and suit and ties. What? That's so dumb. They're not wearing a suit and tie because they're running about and they're outside. Plus, if you see a PE teacher in his gym clothes, then in a suit, it looks like he's on day relief. Weird little game we'd play in ICT. If you like, put your locker keys in the USB port, it would short circuit people's computers and it would just shut off instantly and all their work would get lost. So you just go around <laughs> shoving keys into each other's computers. ICT was mental. Like, or like someone would be getting like bollocked by a teacher and like they just like get a photo of tits up on Google Images and like, turn your right off for fuck's sake. Um, or just like someone goes to the toilet and you change their background to something vile. Um, yeah, <laughs> ICT was good luck. I don't think I learned the thing. Do I mean kids it. are terrible? I remember someone trying used to go into the computer rooms where people were like catching up on really important last minute homework and things like that. And just walk up and turn the PC off at the names. Why did you do that? Like they weren't friends with them or anything. It was just. Like looking back on it, it's a purely sadistic act, completely ruining someone else's day. There was a brief period at my school where a lot of people were worryingly into ultimate frisbee. Like, <laughs> we had people coming from my school going like the UK trials for the ultimate frisbee championship. And once again, me and my cronies would turn up. <laughs> you and the you and the other droogs. <laughs> yeah, we'd turn up and we'd shit out a bit, like. Throw it between our legs constantly. <laughs> Say we're doing trick shots. <laughs> Ask if we're going to make the EA Sports team of the week. During... <laughs> Talking about how we're going to price lock our inform cards on Ultimate Team. All sorts of stuff like that. How many mugs should you have in your house? Like, what's the maximum number? Like, any more than that number, and you just got too many. You're never going to have that many people around. What are you thinking? Forty. Forty. We've probably got more than that. In my Forty house. mugs. It's always the thing that you know where you just sort of acquire mugs and you don't quite know where from. You know, yeah, like you know, things eggs. are like yeah. Exa- exa- I was about to say like a Yorkie mug from an Easter egg from 2009. And it's just still with you. Oh, yeah. No, I've got a Bournemouth University student's um, student rep mug, and I was never a student rep. I think I stole that. that? I think I stole it from the Subu building at some point. <laughs> when, we were, when we were recording a Faces for Radio show, I think I may have inadvertently stolen it. So you can't really steal, like, mugs is a weird one. To, you know, like pubs, you know, the pub glasses yeah it's kind of it's not obviously okay but it's it basically is accepted that you know the, yeah, old, the old glass goes walkies. Few, yeah few glasses you're in a pub garden you finish your pint it's quite a cool glass you take it with you but you don't really you, know, you don't really do that in a cafe do you just quickly swirl out the end of your, of your tea and then just like gonna take that cheers but why do they even come with easter eggs like what's the marketing thought behind that and it's like well, little Jonathan will really enjoy his Maltesers and his egg. And then obviously he'll want to go and pour a carte noir out afterwards. So we should probably include a facility for him to do that. Obviously, he won't have any mugs at his house. So we should be the ones to provide it for him. But they're the I, ones you give guests, aren't you? They're, they're always the ones you fish out and you're like, oh, yeah, you're not going to have like my main three. You never give them one of your main three mugs because there's always three oh, no. mugs that are like yours. Yeah. But then we, like you have, you have like the backup mugs, like the civilian mugs. 
It's just like, yeah, you can have one of them, which is normally like a Malteser. So what are we saying number-wise then for mugs? So if you have your own personal three. Um, I've just got, I, I, I think you should have loads of mugs. I love mugs. I like having a choice, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't want a hole insane. covered full of mugs. <laughs> I don't think you should have any more than 20. You're never really going to have 20 people in one house who all want a hot drink at the same time. I think yeah, twenty is a good number because I think twenty is a nice choice of mugs as well. Yeah, the volume of two. sizes and like some funny it's ones. Also, it's also worth mentioning that I live with just my mum, so if we were to have forty mugs, then you know we could get accused of hoarding. So we just have a couple each, and we don't need to have them for guests because we hate having people around. So, <laughs> in con- in conclusion, eight mugs. One for the washing powder, uh, three for me, and then a smattering of others that she uses for whatever. What's the weirdest drink to drink with a straw? Tea. What about beer? If I saw someone drinking a beer with a straw, if someone had a pipe with a straw, I think that would put me off more than someone drinking a cup of tea with a straw. Well, the way you drink, I mean, I think I'd probably prefer you drinking from a straw with a pint. I I just, you know, I open up my mouth quite, quite, quite wide. I like to get as much beer in me as possible. The straw isn't everything. If it's a grown man drinking a full glass of milk, that's already a pretty big red flag. (laughs) If you add the straw to that, then, you know, you should probably run for your life. (laughs) I'm offended. As a milk drinker, a man who likes a glass of milk every now and then, that's offensive. There was that weird um, advertising campaign back in the day where they were trying to encourage people to drink milk. Rupert Grint was part of it. Like you'd go, it would be on like the side of London buses, and it'd be like Rupert Grint with like a little milk moustache, and it would always say like "Drink milk." Well, there was Rupert. just adverts for milk, wasn't there back in the? Milk was a pretty big commodity. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember the milk f- cup? The milk cup, yeah. Yeah. That's like not a, a product. Really... So that's just milk. It's <laughs> like a really weird photo of like a fifteen-year-old Jesse Lingard and two two fairly like well-endowed ladies in like tight vest tops like saying drink milk and like 15 year old jesse lingard there holding the milk cup with like these two women on <laughs> either side while he's got a glass of milk in his hand it's really when, weird when was this let me find the photo of jesse lingard and these milk women jesse lingard milk cup yeah here it is they're pouring oh, yeah. milk in for him pour- he's got a big cup in his hand and they're pouring milk into it so if you, go- if, you go- if you google this Jesse Lingard milk. Jesse milk. He's just yeah, that's an unusual image. <laughs> Very weird photo. See, I wasn't I wasn't talking out my ass. I knew there was something there. I thought the milk cup was like back in like the seventies. No, it went on until like two thousand and five, like about two thousand and ten, I think. The milk cup carried on going to. And it was always oh, weird because you'd like get Mexico against like AC Milan or something. It was completely random. The teams that were playing it. But who sponsored it? Just milk. milk. Big milk. <laughs> no, like, <but> <laughs> dairy industry. Yeah, it's not like if it was like a specific like company, like a dairy company that would sponsor it. It's not just like the product itself. And that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, we hope we, you've enjoyed the podcast. And uh, yeah, I ho- hope you've enjoyed, as, enjoyed it as much listening to it as we did making it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys very much for having me. Thank Pleasure you for to coming speak on, to you again. Christopher Donovan. Welcome back anytime, Doms. Thank Any you very much. Time. Well, <laughs> you know, whenever we're actually doing it, don't just like pop up in the Zoom when I'm just, you know, sitting about the gas. 
just, just watching normal guys, people. Guys, can we do another podcast, guys? <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Bye-bye. Bye. Love Thanks, you, bye. Everyone. Love you, bye. All right. Um, pause recording.